When the company of prophets who were at Jericho saw him at a distance, they declared, The spirit of Elijah rests on Elisha. They came to meet him and bowed to the ground before him. 2 Kings chapter 2, verses 15. Everybody, I'm Reagan Gilliland. And I'm Stephanie Reed Meyer. And this is Off Script, the podcast where every week we take a deeper dive on last Sunday's sermon, talk about the theology behind it, and get a chance to discuss the parts that maybe didn't make it into the sermon that ended up on the cutting room floor. And I'm excited to get started today, I think. Why are you so excited, Reagan? <laughs> well, I'm a little nervous because you're interviewing me. Yeah, uh, you're on the hot seat. I'm in the hot seat. It's been a while. Turn the tables. I've never done this part, so I have hard-hitting questions coming. Oh, okay. From the people. From the people. They demand <laughs> answers. Yep. From my head. <laughs> Love it. Okay, so I go? Yeah? That's how this yeah. works? That's how, how it works. Okay, Reagan, before we even get deep into it, I just cannot believe the scripture passage even really exists mm-hmm. in the Bible. It's true. Uh, could you read a few verses just so everyone knows what we're talking about? Well, they know part of what we're talking about. Can you read verses 23 through 25? I sure can. So this is Second uh, Kings chapter 2, verses 23 through 25. Oh, man, I have to relive this again. Okay. He went up from there. We're talking about Elisha. He went up the, from there to Bethel. And while he was going up on the way, some small boys came out of the city and jeered at him saying, Go away, bald head. Go away, bald head. When he turned around and saw them, he cursed them in the name of the Lord. Then two she-bears came out of the woods and mauled 42 of the boys. From there, he went on to Mount Carmel and then returned to Samaria. (laughs) This is the word of God for the people of God. Definitely. Thanks be to God for that. Uh, (laughs) It just kills me that they make fun of him. He yells Mm -hmm. at them. A bear comes. And then it's like, then he went on his way to these places. You're like, Elisha, I think you need some anger management classes. What or an ending. Yeah. So that catches people's attention right off the bat. Mm-hmm. So and... that's why it's in the I'm Sorry What series. <laughs> right there. Oh, is that why we're talking about this? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's the like epitome of this sermon series. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, bears. Bears. I love it. I'm here for it. Okay. Before we get too deep even further into the scripture, I have a, another side note. So not only were you preaching about bears, and this is like a super tough passage, which you mm-hmm. preach about, um, but Reagan, so really you were only going to preach in one service on Sunday, right? I was. I was supposed to just preach in modern for you. And then what ended up happening? Okay. So what happened is that um, Chris's son uh, got covid and so, which he, he talked about in his commentary. So it's not, <laughs> this is not like breaking HIPAA. <laughs> right. Um, and so we talked about it Tuesday at our check-in. I was like, so, um, Chris, which we've, the three of us have joked about, like if one of us goes down, it's not exactly a, an easy series to just jump into. And this like, is oh, the sure. worst series for us to go down in. <laughs> Correct. Um, and so when I met with him Tuesday, I was like, so what's our contingent? Like, what's our plan? He's like, well, our first idea is that you preach all four, which at first sounds like crazy town, but 
really, if you already have a sermon, I mean, you can do it. It's just a lot. And you were going out of town and I was not going to make you come back early. And it's not a sermon that you can like, I mean, you could, I believe in you, Stephanie, but I mean, it's not like if you came back Friday, you're like, okay, I can totally get something in one day. It's, it's a hard text. And so, you know, the thing is either one of you would have done like the same thing, you know, like we, we all would have jumped in. And so it just worked out. So you preached four times. I did. About these bears. About these bears, (laughs) which was kind of fun. I love it. I feel like by time four, you like really embodied it. Mm -hmm. Like it was part of your identity at that point. It was. It was. (laughs) I had so much adrenaline. I had not had any caffeine that day at all. It was all just pure adrenaline. I love it. Let's go. You came into modern, um, and that was crazy, just the timing of that, coordinating with 11 a.m. So, yeah. like, while, yes, you could preach for sermons, to do two at sermons that are the exact same time, typically, mm-hmm. that's quite the challenge. So, she ran over to modern, and as she began, I, they had been stalling for a long time, and I'm not sure it was ever told to the congregation why exactly we were stalling. It was just like, oh, we've got to stall. <laughs> uh, things are different. Be flexible. And then Reagan, as she came up, she was like, I preached. This is my fourth time. And everybody cheered. It was so sweet. I was, was watching really online, sweet. like crying because I was like, oh, good. She needs that cheer before she does this. Yep. It was Love great. It. They were they were so wonderful. <sighs> everybody was. It was a fun passage. And you had a lot of energy. I watched the first, third, and fourth times. Okay. And the same energy at the first was there for the fourth. So yeah, that's always good. That is good. That's sometimes hard to do. Yeah, so you I did it. Really you killed it. Okay, now let's back up. You do a okay. great job setting the scene for this particular scripture, however complicated it is. Can you run us through a quick synopsis? We kind of just touched on the bears there, but there's more to it than that. And some of us have slept since Sunday. Yeah. Um, so for those of us who only remember the bears, can you tell us a little <laughs> bit more about that? Well, yeah. So I felt bad because it's this, the actual text that comes before, um, especially like the very beginning, like 13 through like 15 is really beautiful. Like it's a very significant story because it's the story of Elijah really passing on to Elisha. Um, What happened to Elijah? So Elijah, which I do want to talk about. So he was (laughs) essentially lifted up into the clouds kind of. So he doesn't like actually he's like, gone. He's gone. He doesn't die, which I think is funny because the um the translation <laughs> when the men are like, we'll go look for him because we don't this doesn't make sense. I love it. it. It says, um, what does it say? It says the maybe the spirit of the Lord has caught him up and thrown him down on some mountain or into some valley. And I'm like, that seems <laughs> harsh. That's what they know about the spirit of the Lord. <laughs> like, so I'm just picturing this like this is gonna sound bad, just kind of this like limp body and just <laughs> throw it on a mountain oh, no. like that sounds terrible but i just think uh they so it's like had... already a weird circumstance it is so you've got this person that doesn't actually die but is like carried up into the clouds um you've got uh the river parting um so it's this very like moses kind exodus, of across, yeah. exodus um you've already got the the relationship of Elijah and Elisha, the Moses and Joshua aspect as well. 
And so like blessing, it says like um, the sermon that I, or that verse that I read at the beginning, the spirit of Elijah rests on him. So it's this very powerful, moving, incredible scene of power being passed to the next, this next great prophet. And it totally gets lost with this <laughs> because bear. Of the bald man. <laughs> because of the bears and the bald, the bald man. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, the Elijah and Elisha have been um, a power team of, of prophets and doing a lot. And now it's just Elisha. And uh, yeah, it's just this really incredible scene that just kind of gets lost a little bit. <laughs> on. So I, I felt bad that I couldn't actually even talk about that because I knew that that's not the point of this series. This point of the series is to, okay, dig into the hard one. So I'm like, I can't, okay, I don't have a lot of time to explain both parts of this scripture. So I just have to focus more on the bear part. That's what the no, crowd wants. I think that's fair. That's why we have the podcast, right? So you can talk yeah. more about it. Yeah. Um, okay. So Elijah and Elisha. Yeah. Those are like, so in seminary, I remember this passage. I think that's the first time I was like really exposed to it. Yeah. And I was just like, why do they keep saying Elijah and Elisha, Elijah, mm -hmm. Elijah? Like who's who? It's so confusing. It's Is that very just me? It's very confusing. Like, it's kind of like how my daughter's name is Andy and my dog's name is Annie. Oh, yeah. Well, <laughs> you decided those names, right? <laughs> I sure did. Um, but yeah, it, it does make it difficult when you're preaching and you have to be very deliberate in what you say. And then, but it's very hard to mix them up. So, it yeah. is. And you don't want to keep reminding the congregation like Elisha mm -hmm. is the new prophet, you know, uh -huh. like that's distracting throughout. It is. Okay. You did so. a great job. I never heard you confuse them, which would have been my biggest fear Yeah, on that. Um, in it, you talk in your sermon, you talk a little bit about the Bible project. Mm -hmm. Tell us more about that. Okay. If you don't know about the Bible project, you need to get on that train. So the Bible project, I don't even know when it started. It's been around for a while. But I think we kind of first started with just short videos, I want to say. So they kind of have a fun comic drawing style. Um, and a lot of their videos are maybe five to eight minutes long. But they unpack, like, like I went to say, or I when I was like researching, I was like, okay, I need just like a brief overview on First and Second Kings. And that's what I watched. And I got so much information from it. Um, because we don't always have time. Let's read these entire two books. Like I, I didn't have time for that. I wish I did. I didn't. <laughs> well, but, and um, it's like very accessible to different ages, right? Yeah. Yes. And, and they don't use, uh, big words or like anything that's like, it's not like you have to go to seminary to understand it. And so they have loads of videos on either different books of the Bible or themes, or if you're just like, I want to know about prophets in general. Um, and then they have a podcast, which is longer, which can be about an hour or whatever. Um, but they're just really smart dudes. And, and they have a lot of other guests that write curriculum or blogs and stuff. But it's a great way, rather than digging through the Bible, which can be kind of intimidating, it lays it out kind of in order for you and how did this person relate to that. And so it just makes it really easy. And so I really enjoy their content a lot. 
Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned it because I feel like since we're talking about scripture this whole series and what we kind of believe to be scripture and what it means to us, that's a great resource that anybody can use. Mm-hmm. So I was really glad you plugged that. Yeah, and I don't, I don't, the two main guys that did, I don't know, I don't know if they really associate themselves with a certain denomination. Like I've never really run into anything like, oh, I don't know if I believe that. I feel like they kind of somehow are right in the middle. Um, So I really appreciate their theology, I guess. Yeah. Agreed. Okay. Why do you think these men, you say that they weren't really boys, they were men, right? Yeah. So that was the one thing I did find that was very consistent through all commentary and exegetical work was that whatever word they used um, is not really boys. It's, it's like men. So in the Hebrew. Yeah. And so um, the men were most likely ones that were part of the temple that, um, they were advocating for idol worship and, and all of that. Like they were kind of the leaders that were trying to protect their, all their adultery, I guess. So, <laughs> so yeah, that was going to be my next question is why were they even bullying Elisha? But that sounds like it. So they were kind of defensive. Yeah. I mean, that's what you see across most of the prophets is that they encountered people constantly that were trying, did not want to hear about this Yahweh. They didn't, they already had their, their gods. They already had their ways of worshiping. And so prophets were just ignored and ridiculed and made fun of. I mean, granted some of the prophets, (laughs) what they had to do was quite odd. Like Ezekiel did some really weird things like, street performance i think i want to say ezekiel did that and then he had to like cook food over dung like i mean their prophets did some weird things and so rightly so they were kind of an easy target (laughs) to make fun of because it seems like prophets always kind of go through really tough things right Mm -hmm. which i guess they're bringing a tough message so maybe that's part of it well yeah i mean they're they're saying things that people do not want to hear um, and so, yeah, I mean, they, some people are like, oh, to be called to be a prophet, what a, what a high calling. But I don't think people really wanted to be a prophet because it was a hard job. No, isolating, and I imagine. Isolating, yes. And completely ridiculed, made fun of so much stuff. And, and to do that for years and no one, well, I don't want to say no one, but not see the big change that, I mean, that's why we have so many prophets, so many prophets that we don't even really remember their name in my exegetical work. I was like, I don't know this prophet. I, <laughs> like these little ones, you know, you think of, you do think of Elijah and Elisha and Jeremiah and like the, yeah, the yeah. big names, not the ones that don't have a book named after, <laughs> after them. So yeah, I feel bad for the prophets. You know, and to be called bald man, like that probably wasn't his choice to be bald. Right. They, in, in some of my work, it did talk about how they, baldness at that time was often associated with like some other like skin disease. And so. Unclean. Yeah. Almost like unclean. And so you were made fun of it. You mentioned that Scott, your husband really liked this passage because of the baldness or. Um, yeah. So my sweet husband is losing his hair. And, um, so when he was the children's pastor at Lover's Lane, 
he just loved to bring this story up as much as possible. Mainly anytime he saw kids being mean to one another, he just thought this <laughs> You're is You're going to get eaten by bears. He's like, you better watch out. I was like, oh my gosh, Scott, you can't. But I don't know how many times he told this story to kids, but he did. He loved I'm it. I'm sure they're not traumatized at all. No, not at all. It's not fine. All. Some of these Old Testament stories are like kind of scary. scary. They are. There's, there's a reason they're not in like the children's bible right well and when they are it's like awkward because they dance around what mm-hmm. it really says yeah so hopefully the kids all learn something from your message i know i did feel i think about 9 45 there was quite a few kids in 9 45 and i was like ooh, sorry kids <laughs> and then when i talked about how like some of the one king wanted to do like introduce child sacrifice i was like ooh, sorry kids <laughs> Oh, you did say that. I forgot mm-hmm. about I, that. I don't remember which king it was. It was pretty far into, I want to say second kings maybe. But yeah, bringing, doing child sacrifice. So it was, again, it was, it was such a mess. And that's what Elisha and Elijah were trying to com- combat against. I mean, they had their work set out for them, for sure. Yeah, I liked, so at least the kids at 11 a.m. got to hear uh, Meredith's Children's Time. Yeah, it was great. It was so cute because it really complemented what you were saying because you weren't necessarily talking about in depth how quirky <laughs> these characters are or these stories, mm-hmm. but that is Elisha. Like he was being made fun of. He was being like pointed out and distracting from his message. And I love uh, Brian's little bit. You were great too in the children's time. It's okay. Brian was hilarious. He was <laughs> so good. If you haven't seen the video, he's like stepping to get his steps in the whole time. And he says he's training, training for, for a 1K. 1K. <laughs> <laughs> but it like zooms in on his feet the whole time. <laughs> so oh, great. It was so good. It was a great message. So I thought it complimented you. Those are always good. I'm glad it, we kind of have videos right now. Me too. And I know Meredith was nervous, as she should have been, as <laughs> I was to preach. But she, I think she did a really great job of making it accessible. And I don't know. She did great. Yep. Killing the game, everybody. Okay. In your sermon, you threw in the quadrilateral as something that helped you while thinking mm-hmm. through this scripture. And I just love that because Chris and I both preached on that last week. And so you gave these like practical examples of like, as I looked at this scripture, which even all of my peers like agree that it's super strange. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was able to use reason, tradition, experience to really examine the scripture. Yeah. That was so, cool. Yeah. So I felt like that was needed because I didn't know how, again, I was kind of on a short time. Um, so I didn't want to completely rehash everything y'all said. Again, this is another plug. If you have not listened to week one of I'm Sorry What, both Chris and Stephanie do such a good job of laying out how we read scripture as Methodists and giving you just some tools and then permission to like, oh, this story doesn't really count for salvation, you know, or whatever, or it's not going to be my, my canon, my inner canon, because it doesn't quite fit or maybe it's more myth legend i don't know you just gave a lot of permission so i was appreciative of that um so i thought it was important i mean this is a great lesson a great scripture to apply that to because not for me not all scripture is necessarily equal in the way that i live it out like i don't live this scripture out (laughs) no i think that's fair um and so being able to 
I guess give permission to people to say, yeah, I don't know if that story happened exactly like that. And that doesn't really add up to what I see who God is in the bigger story. And so not getting caught down in the weeds of just a few verses. I mean, it's like, what, it's two, two verses or right. three verses. And to take that story and then make up your mind who God is, is, is pretty dangerous. And I know in my sermon, there's so much I could have like unpacked a little bit more. Um, you know, I said that I don't think God uses, cause I talked about justice, which I know we'll get to in a little bit that I don't believe God uses violence to fulfill God's will, which a lot of people say, okay, there is some other scripture, like when there's wars, like all that, but I don't, I also don't really believe that God said, okay, go kill those 10,000 people. I think some of the people or the writers were looking for a way to show victory or have superior, you know, I don't know. How would you explain <laughs> those stories, right? Uh, that's why you're preaching this week, Reagan. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think that's really fair. And I think just me, you, and Chris kind of giving people permission, like you said, to question things is like a burden off of some people. Some people who have been struggling so hard to realize how this fits into their faith. Mm -hmm. And I think just knowing like it's okay to ask questions and hearing Reagan and I say, hey, we don't really get it all either. or We're not really sure this happened the way it sounds like. Mm -hmm. um, I think there's some freedom in that and not in a bad way. I mean, my faith isn't shaken because I questioned this. Mm -hmm. Um, but instead it's enriched and it kind of shows me how the Holy Spirit is moving in ways, um, that are beyond us, which is nice. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I want to read a paragraph you wrote. Okay. You said, it made me think how maybe we can get lazy about taking to heart what God is speaking to us or even reject the message. What are some of the bigger, more applicable or timeless lessons that God speaks about in scripture? Not focusing on the bears, but what were prophets really trying to do? Prophets were trying to help restore the broken relationship between God and God's people to be in a covenant relation with us, even though we had been ignoring and rejecting God. Love it. Yeah. Can you, you talk you more say? about it? <laughs> like why it's important that we look at not just this instance, but how God has worked in other instances. Yeah, I mean, I think... And you kind of touched on this. Yeah, I mean, I think that when you're in a... It kind of goes back to your quote of Sarah Bessie last week. Um, when you start to feel a little uncomfortable with things or maybe someone challenges you rather than pushing back or rejecting, how can you lean into that? I mean, um, that's what the problem was with these people at this time and now is that rather than even hearing them out, they just closed the door and rejected. And um, for us, we don't like to be made uncomfortable. We don't want to remotely be told that we could be wrong or that we don't have everything right, all of our facts straight. And for me, I think we need to be more willing to listen goodness, like just in general, we're not very good at listening to one another. Um, and so that's how I kind of see it lived out in the world is 
one, knowing that God is still speaking to us through different avenues and being willing to take the time to listen to that voice. Um, not because bears are going to come get you, but <laughs> because it's important for our, our growth and our transformation. Also, if that's what motivates you, that bears yes. are going to come get you, then right. you do you. Um, okay. So you talked a little bit about the justice, but you say that God is a God of justice. Can you explain more about what that means or maybe what some of the examples we see in scripture kind of back that up? I mean, in this story, if you were to read it just at face level, you'd be like, oh, well, I mean, if God is justice, like if you're going to make fun of him, of of God through Elisha, then God's going to, you know, <laughs> God's not going to stand that. So he's going to take care of it. Um, she bears, if you will. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, I just don't think that's how God goes about it. But I do believe that God definitely, it's very clear through scripture that um, did not appreciate um, any sort of injustice, especially um, neglect of the poor or widows or orphans or those um, that were sick, those that were lame. I mean, that's, that's a big part of Jesus's, um, of his ministry is trying to correct um, that and bring people's attention to like, Hey, I'm not going to stand for this. Like you're supposed to, you need to care for the, for the marginalized, those that are forgotten. Um, and you've been ignoring them for, a very long time and I'm tired of it. <laughs> yeah. um, and so I see that God doesn't want people to be suffering or to be without or to be ignored or to be pushed aside. And so, I mean, I think God is trying to restore that world where people are, um, everyone is thought of as well, a beloved child of God and has equal rights and whether it's equality or equity, whatever you want to do for it, what do you ever, however you want to name it. I mean, we're trying to restore the world into some, that perfect harmony or whatever it is. I don't know what visualization or what language people use. Um, but I do think, yeah, God is, when God is as good as I think God is, I just don't think there's room for all this ugliness and hatred and injustice and evil. I don't know. I don't yeah. know if that answered it. No, it did. And I agree. That's, it's true. We all want a just world. Right. But I one know way that, to do that. Sorry, go on. I was in one way to do that is, um, well, the prophets, um, is, for us is how, how are we engaging in that world and doing that work and not just be like, Oh, well, God will take care of it. Correct. Yeah. Taking initiative is for sure a part of it. Um, in your sermon, Reagan, I wasn't expecting this turn that you do. Uh, you actually go to the very end of second Kings. So at first when you did this, I was like, wait, there's more verses after this? Like, I was like, <laughs> wait a minute. I thought it ended there and we went to a new chapter. Um, instead you, bring up, you read the very end of second Kings and you say that they are so important to the entirety of the story and to the nature of God. Can you talk about that a little bit? Yeah. Well, this is a shout out to Bible project because when they do the whole like first and second Kings, yeah, they, they end with this story and I was like, Oh, I don't know about this story. And when I put it in line with the bear, <laughs> the bears, <laughs> 
And I was like, oh, this could be a really good place. Cause I mean, again, I struggled with this sermon. Like, how do I make, bring some hope? How do I bring some like, happiness to the sermon? I don't know. Um, and so it was really fascinating to think about how some people do read a story like the bears or other stories, and then they just close the Bible and say, well, I guess that's, that's who God is, or this is how things work out. And we miss out on these really important stories that, I mean, have you ever preached on that last part that I talked about? Yeah. No, I'm shaking right? my head. No, <laughs> Yeah, this is the radio. You can't see me. <laughs> you can't see me. Um, and, and that's why it's so important to read as much as you can of the Bible and really have your eyes open because it's not, some of these wonderful stories that tell the character, the real character of God are so hidden. They're not a big event. They don't have a major player like Jehoiakim. Like, <laughs> who is that? Who, no one's dressing up like him for Halloween, you know? <laughs> maybe not before now. <laughs> right. But maybe next year is going to be the hot costume. Um, and so that's why it's really important to uh, keep reading. Keep reading because you never know where there's these wonderful um, illustrations of such deep grace, such deep love, such deep forgiveness that are just sprinkled throughout scripture that we miss out on because we get in the weeds of these bear-like stories. Yeah, yeah. So why, Reagan, do you think that we're so terrible at considering the whole picture? Why do we get in the weeds with things like the bears? Yeah. I think, well, for now, I think that's just how we, we, uh, take in information is that we look at the big splashy things. That's why people just read headlines and don't actually read a news article and they Preach. make up their mind and they're like, Oh, and I'm like, Oh my gosh, if you read the rest of the article, um, I don't know if you felt like this, Stephanie, like in, in seminary, I remember, um, how important it was to read the whole thing of a writer. Cause I would read the beginning and then I'm like, okay, I think I know what they're saying. But if I didn't finish, they actually had a completely different point. And if and I had looked like a doofus, I look like an idiot. <laughs> um, and I mean, that stuff was really hard to read anyway. But like, you have to be really careful when you only read half things because you could be completely off. And I think that's what happens with the Bible at times is that you're like, well, if you only read a certain book of the Bible, you may get a very different viewpoint of God. That's why it's important to read all around <laughs> in different yeah. instances. Yeah. I think um, it is kind of comfortable to put God in a box and have God, oh, we know this story or we know mm -hmm. this and not leave a lot of wiggle room. Yeah. But I would say that's kind of what you're arguing for is that we look at those connections. We look at the ways that go beyond what we mm -hmm. see right away. Yeah. And for this particular story, when you think in the larger context of what's come, what's going on in first and second Kings, just, um, the exile and, uh, they've been exiled for a really long time. I mean, things, temples have been destroyed. Um, kingdoms have been ripped apart. Kings, you know, there's just been so much. And then you've got this lovely story of someone being invited to a table to eat and have this place of, um, honor and privilege and it's like, 
it's this little bit of hope of, of saying like, look, God has not forgotten. God has not given up on us. Um, and so it's such a wonderful, wonderful story to kind of end on rather than like, oh, I guess God just gets mad and kills us. <laughs> Absolutely. So that goes, I'm about to read uh something you wrote that is about that last passage and you kind of said it there, but in your sermon, you say, for me, this is the God I know. One that is full of love and grace and second chances. One that invites us to a table to be in relationship with us. Not one that mauls us with bears when we don't listen. What does that look like in your life, Reagan, or in our world in general? Yeah, uh, that's a good question. I mean, when I think about that, I mean, we get so much that we don't deserve. I mean, you could look at first and second Kings and give the places and the names, modern, modern names, and you wouldn't know the difference that it's like an ancient text. Um, and so I would like to say that we've really come a long way <laughs> in society, but we really haven't much. And yet I know that um, God is still very much alive and still working and, and giving me second chances and forgiving me and giving me grace. And um, I feel it and I see it in the world that there's so many elements where I see where the story should have gone badly and somehow it, it goes good. Um, people's trajectory just completely changes. And I, and for me, I just named that as like God kind of restoring things, a little bit of heaven coming to earth. Um, and it just gives me hope, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. That's beautiful. I think that's kind of what we all yearn for is even just those glimpses of hope. And so I love that you bring that together, going to a whole different passage of this book and really tying it in because that's our life. That's how God works in the world. We don't always see the full picture, um, but even when we don't, we're still invited to that table to be into a relationship with God and with one another. Mm -hmm. So I love it. Okay. I really enjoyed your sermon, Reagan. Is there anything we missed talking about today that you want us to cover? Oh, gosh. More bear talk? More bear talk. What? <laughs> how big were the bears? What? Did you read? learn anything else that was fun that you want to share your knowledge off with us? Um, I think what's inter one thing that I thought was interesting is that Elijah is very much remembered. Elijah. 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 Uh, but Elisha did double what he did. Yet Elijah, I feel like, is more remembered. I don't know. I thought that was kind of like, oh, that's fascinating. Yeah, yeah. Maybe because he was disappeared into I the guess. heavens. I think so. Once I again, mean, we're blindsided we're by blindsided. the like jazziness <laughs> right? of it. Mm-hmm. For sure. Yeah, I mean, I learned a lot of king's names. I couldn't tell you what they were. But just, yeah, just the whole, like, a king being like, okay, we're going to do child sacrifice. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay, we're going there. Not a great That's look. King. Not a great look. So who's your favorite prophet? My favorite prophet? In the Bible? Um, Mary. <laughs> That's right. Mary's my favorite <laughs> prophet. Bringing it back. Yeah, probably Mary now. <laughs> and then um, 
I really like the book Habakkuk. I really like that. Oh, look at you. Yeah. Are we going to pitch that as a sermon series to Chris? Maybe. It's a great book. Amen. No, I, think, I don't think that's it. I, you know, as intimidating as the scripture was, I learned a lot and be able to go to the end of second Kings. I was like, Oh, okay. <laughs> this is why we read more. This is why we keep reading. Um, so it was good. It was a good, uh, I ended up actually really enjoying preaching this message, even though it was a doozy of a text to start with. I'm glad you did because you ended up preaching it four times. So it's good to <laughs> preach a sermon you like four times. Yes, true, <laughs> true, true. Uh, thanks everyone for joining us for another episode of Offscript. Next week, it will be Stephanie and Chris. So we're mixing it up again. It's going to be great. I don't even, do you know what the scripture is for next week for I'm um, sorry, what? A really great one. A really great one. So It's from Psalm. I think it's about human emotions. Oh, oh it's I a think Psalm. I do know what it is. Yeah. So it should be a very interesting conversation, and I hope you've been enjoying this series. I would encourage you to listen to all of them. You learn a lot, and uh, I'm just thankful uh, to be on such a great team. So it was a great Sunday, and we will um, see you back next week on another episode of Off Script. Thanks, Reagan. Bye, everyone. Thanks for joining us for this episode of Off Script. You can visit cumc.com backslash podcasts in order to see all of the series we have available. Like, subscribe, and follow us so that you don't miss a single episode. Thank you for supporting us. Have a great week.